lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Well, look where I am. Let's see how long it lasts. How many days in a row last week were there no... Were there no sightings of any of those winged uh, buggers? Well, if you count this weekend, there were th- there was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then you add the weekend, so it could be five unless yeah, we, they had a party here. Yeah, this they, I was going to say we don't know that they didn't wait for y'all to eject on Friday and then just had a wasp party. And I don't mean like what was going on at the at the Emmys last night, but I'm bummed. All right, I mean of the uh, of the insect variety. Okay, that was also going on at the Emmys last night, but I digress. How was everybody's weekend? Did you plan that bit? I did not. No, no. I'm here all week. Just, yeah. just try the veal. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, facing anaphylaxis, uh, anaphylaxis and near death for weeks on end just by trying to go to work has just has just made me a, a little bit more nutty, I guess. But I'm going to see how long it lasts. We have gone days without a sighting. They have knocked down. What was it as of last count? Like eight nine. or nine nests. Yep. All right, or hives. So. I'm hoping. Also, we got some rainy weather today here in central Iowa. Cooler weather, fall coming in after that. I'm hoping. I missed this place, man. I I feel like going to the wife. I want to come back to bed. I'm tired of sleeping on the couch. You know what I'm saying? So I missed seeing you guys in person. It's good to be back here within the comfy confines of our studio for now. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. You can access that by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. You can also like us on Facebook, where I will be lying to you there with our fa- hashtag Facebook approved takes. Those are all lies. Every time you see that hashtag, know that I am lying to you. Uh, also, you can find us on uh, Twitter at Steve Day Show. Look for us as well on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. And then look for clips of the show that you can watch for free and then that are free of censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And again, the last name is D-E-A-C-E. Uh, coming up on the program today, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk to a constitutional attorney who recently wrote a column for Town Hall about pushing back on vaccine mandates. We'll talk to him a little bit later on. And then next hour, of course, we will have our Monday Town Hall and our fans and followers over on MeWe. You get to do the Ask Me Anything this week, so we look forward to those questions coming up Next hour. Uh, Do not look forward to finding out the hard way how much equity you have in your home with what is called home title theft. Cybercrime experts are alerting homeowners that the more equity you have, the greater the chance foreign and domestic criminals will come after you because they are trolling online public databases right now looking for high equity homes. And they're doing that because a lot of our titles are kept online these days. They then pull it, forge your signature on a quick claim deed, making it look like you've sold your home to them. And then they take out loans against your equity, and often you don't find out until the dirty deed is done. And this is not a dirty deed that comes dirt cheap. It was on this day in 1976 that that album was released, by the way. That's how long ago it was. 1976. We are, dude, Lita Ford. Uh, what was that name of that song? Kiss me once or kiss me yeah, twice. Remember, remember yeah. that? Video? Of course you remember. You went through puberty in the late 1980s, right? I remember Any Lita American Ford. male that went through puberty in the late 1980s knows that Lita Ford video I'm talking about, right? I do. She turned 63 over the weekend, bro. How's it? How you lay up them apples? Yeah. Well, yeah. 
I turn 50 next year, so there it is. There there, there it was, in fact, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Rearview mirror. <laughs> All right. So if you want to make sure this doesn't happen to you, right now you can get $100 value for free. It is called their complete title history of your home. It's $100 value, and right now you can get it for free when you go to HomeTitleLock.com. Again, get that for free at HomeTitleLock.com. We have an announcement we want to make before we get into the throws of today's show. We are going to soon be releasing an update to our number one best-selling book, Fauci and Bargain, The Most Powerful and Dangerous Bureaucrat in American History. This update will be a special chapter that will be released separately that you'll be able to access digitally here, I would guess, within the next few days or week at the most. It will be called Faucian Booster, and it is specifically organized to equip you to push back on vaccine mandates, both from government and also from corporate America. So Faucian Booster, the first draft was finished over the weekend. This will be about about uh, three to 4,000 words. It'll be loaded with data, loaded with footnotes, loaded with argumentation for the expressed purpose of pushing back both in the public and private sector against vaccine mandates. Todd, you had a chance to review the first draft of the chapter. Your thoughts? Uh, It was, I knew it was low-hanging fruit, a no-brainer, could have come at it from multiple angles, Uh, but... At the end of uh, the the original book, we allude to Elie Wiesel's famous book, Night, and, and how the disconnect was from the reality, the horrible reality coming around them. And Steve picks up where that left off in terms of going back to that era and the lies we have themselves, we tell ourselves, and the way out. And Steve gives you the way out if you have eyes to see and ears to hear so we will be selling that it'll be since just a chapter this is just going to be a couple bucks this will be though why didn't we just update the book and and like you typically do well because we put it out originally pay on paperback like if you bought rules for patriots the hardcover edition when it first came out in 2014 uh the success of that book justified putting out a paperback edition uh, about a about a year later that had some additional content that's typically how it's done in the nonfiction arena however because we wanted to get fauci and bargain out to people as fast as we could remember we bypassed that publishing process and went right to paperback and so if we published an updated version of that it would require a whole new isbn number and every and it would just it, it you know cats and dogs living together it would just be a mess right so after consulting with our publisher post hill we just made the decision all right let's just put this out as a as its own separate digital chapter it we will try putting it on amazon it will be interesting to see if it will last there uh, and between us, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I would love it if they banned it. That'd be great publicity for it, actually. Okay. Uh, but if they do, there will be other opportunities and other ways that you can acquire this. Then we'll let you know all those details here in the coming days. But Fauci and Booster is coming your way to help equip you to push back on vaccine mandates. And with that now, uh, let's get to Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Getting Harder to Ignore, the growing evidence proving the efficacy of naturally acquired immunity to COVID-19 is getting so strong, not even the father of COVID lies can ignore it, as we found out yesterday 
on Meet the Press. We do know that when you do get infected, you get strong immunity. There's no doubt about that. The durability is unclear. Of course, that last part from Dr. Fauci about the durability of natural immunity is another lie, as there are several studies, including this recent one from Israel, showing long-lasting immunity from COVID from prior natural infections. On Friday, an FDA panel soundly rejected proposed COVID booster shots for the general population. The Vaccine and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee voted 16 to 3 against advising booster shots for the general populace, but unanimously approved them for ages 65 and older. Meanwhile, Pfizer said this weekend their vaccine is safe for ages 5 and up. In completely unrelated news, the new vaccine adverse event reporting system numbers are out on the vaccine. The VAERS data shows over 700,000 overall adverse events, over 60,000 hospitalizations, over 80,000 urgent care visits, over 6,600 heart attacks, over 5,700 reports of myocarditis, nearly 2,000 miscarriages, nearly 20,000 disabilities, and nearly 15,000 deaths attributed or after taking the COVID vaccines. In New York City, thousands of protesters took over Times Square to make their voices heard in opposition of mandatory vaccines and vaccine passports in the city. Former FDA commissioner and current big pharma whore Scott Gottlieb tells CBS News social distancing is all made up. The six feet was arbitrary in and of itself, but if the administration had focused in on that, they might have been able to affect a policy that would have actually achieved their outcome. But mm-hmm. that policy-making process didn't exist. And the six feet is a perfect example of sort of the lack of um, rigor around how CDC made recommendations. Nobody knows where it came from. Most people assume that the six feet of distance, the recommendation for keeping six feet apart, comes out of some old studies related to flu, where droplets don't travel more than six feet. We now know COVID spreads through aerosols. The initial recommendation that the CDC brought to the White House, and I talk about this, was 10 feet. And a a political appointee in the White House said, we can't recommend 10 feet. Nobody can measure 10 feet. It's inoperable. Society will shut down. So the compromise was around six feet. Meanwhile, on the southern border in Del Rio, Texas, the border crisis, well, we don't really know what stronger word there is for crisis as thousands upon thousands upon thousands of illegal aliens crowd underneath a bridge looking for asylum in the U.S. At least 8,000 of them are from Haiti, an island nation in the Caribbean. It's unclear how they got to the mainland. U.S. Central Command admitted on Friday evening that they did not, in fact, kill ISIS operatives in a drone strike in Afghanistan last month. Instead, they killed an innocent aid worker and nine members of his family, including seven children. Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby had this to say. Things that I said, obviously, have not turned out to be correct. Um, but it was done Uh, in as uh, good faith an effort as possible to be as transparent as we could with what we knew at the time. The FBI is licking its wounds this morning after fewer than 100 people showed up to its attempted false flag operation in the nation's capital over the weekend. The event was billed as a rally to support those detained by the feds for being at the events at the Capitol on January 6th. One person was detained at the event. That person reportedly ended up being undercover law enforcement. And finally, actor and comedian Chris Rock, who received the J&J vaccine in May, tweets, quote, Hey guys, I just found out I have COVID. Trust me, you don't want this. Get vaccinated. In completely unrelated news, here's Chris Rock. We got AIDS out there. You think they're going to cure AIDS? No. They can't even cure athletes' foot. <laughs> they ain't curing AIDS. They ain't never cured it. They ain't never cured it.
<laughs> Don't even think about that shit. They ain't cure that, cause ain't no money in the cure. The money's in the medicine. That's how you get paid on the comeback. That's how a drug dealer makes his money on the comeback. That's all the government is, a bunch of drug dealers. So what they will do with AIDS is the same thing they do with everything else. They will figure out a way for you to live with it. Cause they don't cure shit, they just patch it up. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by Rough Greens. We've been talking about that supplement powder that you sprinkle into your pet's food for a long time now. And with that one simple act, you have likely restored to your pet's diet all of the vitamins, minerals, nutrients, pro, prebiotics, antioxidants, etc. that have been largely and likely stripped from your dog's food if you are a store-bought dog food owner. For the same reasons they do it for us as people for mass distribution and consumption. That's why we people take so many supplements these days, and now there's one for your pet. But you might be wondering, how will I be sure that both this A works for my dog and then B, simply, even if it does work, that that he, that he likes it? Well, how about we let you find out on us? We'll make that first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free. Now, you'll put up a few bucks for the shipping so that you've got skin in the game, all right? But the bag itself is free, and you can access this special deal if you want to find out if you don't see a, a difference in your pet in two weeks or less and if they like it. If you go to roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com, or you can check them out at 833-ROUGH-DOG. That's 833-ROUGH-DOG. We're going to answer a question in today's overtime because now I have seen in the last few days... Um, all kinds of concerns raised about side effects and the COVID vaccines. The volume of, of concerns that have been raised has been increased. And including from places like Yahoo and Business Insider, regime-approved media, in other words. So the question we're going to discuss today in the overtime, with the FDA stepping in on Friday in order to make an attempt to thwart more mass boosters, of the COVID therape- therapeutics. Has that now, because that now you have both the WHO and the FDA. Now they're both claiming the reason for it is because, uh, or the primary reason for it is because there's too many countries, poor countries in the world that haven't been given any vaccine or a singular dose while the richer countries are talking about a third booster already. That's the official state-sponsored explanation. But um, it's interesting that it's been followed up with more and more concerns about adverse side effects. So we're going we're gonna to ask the question in the overtime today. Has both the FDA and the WHO's now opposition to boosters? Has that opened the Overton window on discussing concerns? We'll get into that today in the overtime. You can access that once we record it, which we will do right after today's live program. We'll record it for our Blaze TV subscribers. You'll be able to watch it at blazetv.com slash dace. That's blazetv.com slash D-E-A-C-E. And that's also where you can go if you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber and you would like to become one. That's also where you can go to get a discounted subscription. All right, let's get to what is elsewhere within Aaron's montage. So I just want to make sure we understand the chain of events here. All of last year, natural immunity 
or herd immunity was completely and soundly rejected by Fauci. Even when he went toe-to-toe with Rand Paul in his testimony. Remember Rand Paul said Mm -hmm. last year that he wasn't wearing a mask because he already had COVID. He said earlier this year he wasn't getting the vaccine because he already had COVID, right? We we saw them have these arguments, correct? Yes. We, We saw this. As recently as May... I just went and was just doing some Google work while, while I, had, I had one eye on this and then one eye on Aaron's montage. I found articles from as recently as May that Fauci was still claiming vaccine immunity, the therapeutic vaccine immunity, was superior to natural immunity. And that's why people who have even had an infection should get the vaccines. He was just making these arguments just a few months ago. Last week, he says, I, do, I quote, don't have a firm answer on that, end quote. When asked, why do people who have natural immunity require vaccines by the right-wing network known as CNN? Now he goes on Meet the Press, and he not only says that natural immunity is a thing, But then he also says that it seems to have more durability than the vaccinated immunity. While then also claiming, though, we don't know how long natural immunity lasts. So, again, we're dealing with Anthony Fauci here. There's always going to be a lie. There's always going to be a lie. But at this point, I'm going with what the great prophet Meatloaf once sang. Don't be sad. Two out of three ain't bad. Because we were over for about 17 months and 30 days. As far as I can tell, two out of three is like a 200% increase in truth. There's a Faustian booster or Faustian booster for you. 200% more truth. Actually, though, you got to deduct it because you have the 100% lie that he told after it. So we're down to 100% more truth than Fauci typically tells. Which then begs a question. Why now? Why is he telling this truth now? Raise your hand if you think the guy running NIAID and reports only to the director of the National Institute of Health. Stupid hair in my nose. Raise your hand if you think he just now learned. And it's not even just the Israeli data. Folks, in the last few months, there have been at least 15 studies that have shown similar results. Is that a lot? Yeah. It's, it's, is it more than a smattering? Yes. Is it, is, it, is, it a, is it a tad more than a handful? A bit. Is it a veritable cornucopia of data? Yes. Raise your hand if you think the guy who reports only to the head of, head of the National Institute for Health just recently came upon this data that showed natural immunity stands up to COVID. So on some level, despite its questionable origin, COVID is on some level, at least until their leaky vaccine creates more and more variants that maybe changes the game. I'm sorry, is this on? I'm sorry. Proving that at least on some level regarding its synthet- regardless of its synthetic origin, COVID is still, on some level, 
accountable to the natural laws of immunology and virology. How many of you, raise your hand. No smart ass, you don't count. There's one in every class. How many of you that are legally competent have full motor function really believe that Anthony Fauci just learned this? Go ahead. This is like um, romper room. I see Lucy and I see Teddy. I don't see anybody. Nobody has their hands up. Good. Because you'd be a fool to believe that. Worse than a fool. Did you guys see natural immunity was trending on Twitter over the weekend on a hashtag? And they had to delete the hashtag? No, no, no. You have to ask yourself, whenever you're dealing with something as demonically duplicitous as the fiendish Fauci, you have to ask yourself, if they're acknowledging this is true now, like if the devil came to you and said, you know, I think you're right. That, that, that thing in your womb might be a person. Y'all know the devil didn't just find religion, right? Fair? Fair. So then you got to ask yourself, all right, what's the sleight of hand here? All right. What is it? What, what am I? Be, what, what's the new thing I'm being lured into by this acknowledgement? Do the same with Anthony Fauci. Acknowledging this blows up every narrative he has tried to perpetuate since March 11th of last year. Every single one. Which is why he hasn't acknowledged it since March 11th of last year. So why is he acknowledging it now? One simple answer is the data here is so overwhelming now. Especially in light of the fact that the two major governing bodies of big pharma healthcare in the world, the WHO and the FDA, have come out against boosters, and resoundingly so. That he had to he had to retcon this to get himself on the right side of history. That's a possible answer. I think that's your most promising and benign one. But understand, the only science Anthony Fauci does, and, and his ilk, is political science. They only acknowledge data once the political reality forces them to. So the political reality is now forcing them to. But, and therefore, this remains, in my opinion... The number one medical argument we have to win in order to defeat, in order to defeat vaccine mandates, we have to win this argument. Now, those of you who email me whenever I say this and say, "Well, I feel like if we win this argument, then the argument will be if you have no immunity, then it's okay to mandate this." We have to win this in steps. They're doing everything but shooting people right now in Europe, in Australia. Their governments and parliaments, with the marches, the rioting, the breaking down of police barricades, their parliaments and prime ministers haven't batted an eyelash. In my opinion, we have to reintroduce, on a step-by-step basis, pre-pandemic era, pre-COVID era, scientific precedent. 
because now you're forcing them to argue with their own their own matrix, their own ideology, their own precedents, their own science. If we can't get them to not impose mandates on people who we have a demonstrated superior immunity to COVID for, you're not gonna you're not gonna win the argument without shooting on any front, would be my position. That's why. And also because I'm pretty confident the overwhelming majority of the American people. In fact, CDC's own estimate showed last month between exposure to the virus and those who have been vaccinated, at least 80% of Americans have some form of immunity to COVID. Scott Gottlieb, not to mention any names, but remember when like people you made rich working here in conservative media? Remember when a bunch of you made people who that are now rich working in conservative media? Uh, remember when Scott Gottlieb, they kept giving him a platform from the very beginning of last year? Remember that? Yep. Yeah. In fact, you could go and find articles from last March, I did, of Scott Gottlieb saying, don't wear masks, social distancing works. Straight up, I tweeted one out earlier this morning. He's hacktastic. He's the private sector now that he's a big pharma flack. He's the private sector version of Fauci. Understand, he only acknowledges scientific reality when the political reality forces it. Too many full stadiums, too many full events now. It's just, it, the only people we're forcing to social distance at this point are your children in schools. No other sector of America is being forced to do this. So now he admits the truth. We don't really know where it comes from. There's some thought that it traces back to a high school student's paper that somehow ended up into the scientific mainstream. Some thoughts that are just completely capricious. Behold your betters, your experts. Behold a virus that apparently only the help needed to mask up at the Emmys last night. That if you were one of the stars or starlets, you know, when you have that mayor of San Francisco, you're in the spirit feeling. The, bi- the virus just passes you by. But the help, most of them not white, they got to wear masks the whole damn time. You should factor in that any of the data they show you is cooked to some degree. Unless you can get access to hard numbers, which is harder and harder for people like me to do, frankly, you should consider that anything they show you to some degree is cooked. Factor that in. There's a built-in bias. Some kind of a lie. To everything. Let me stop there. Any thoughts? Well... To make to echo Steve's point there at the end, uh, they're talking to Australians right now. They asked them what's their sense if they get COVID. 
that they are going to end up with a severe case in the hospital or die. They said uh, 38%. We know before you even sort through for comorbidities and age, we, we know how low that number plummets. It's nothing close to 38%. That's the level of psychosis we're dealing with. And there's a new one each and every day. It is whack-a-mole in that respect. Guys, I am you should be surprised and thankful still that we have access to data, that there is still some science, like actual science, not science, going on that we can point to to back up our arguments, to back up our claims from a public policy perspective. If this is allowed to continue down the road that it's been going down from the public policy perspective, as you said, Steve, they're doing just about everything short of shooting people in the rest of the West, with the exception of the United States. If we continue going down this road, the next time there's a crisis, manufactured or otherwise, next time there's a a crisis, we're not going to have any of this data. We're just going to be out there with our you-know-what's flopping in the wind. So yes... Winning here, if there is a win, needs to be incremental, but there must be a win because otherwise, I mean, everything is at stake here, folks. Come back. We'll look at the constitutional argument against vaccine mandates next. I think I've heard from uh, everybody in this audience, as well as a buddy of mine who texted me. Also, white guys our age who went through their puberty years in the late 80s. The Lita Ford song is actually Kiss Me Deadly. We weren't actually like focused on the potato, potato. lyrics or any of that really was unimportant. You know, we weren't we weren't watching that one for the articles, if you know what I'm saying. OK, so um, but uh, thank you for the correction and duly noted. Um, This portion of the show brought to you by Brickhouse Nutrition. You know, we hear so much talk about variants, masks, uh, therapeutics, but nothing at all about preventative health, about changing your lifestyle, your eating habits, or what makes you a prime candidate for being sick. And the fact checkers or the fake checkers go nuts whenever you suggest there's more to being healthy than wrapping a mask around your head or getting a jab because, you know, only like about 80% of the hospitalizations we've done for COVID in America, either were vitamin D deficient and or morbidly obese. So, I mean, that's not a, is that a trend line to watch to know or to pay any attention to at all? Or does it have to be like 99% and until then we don't care? Whatever helps Dr. Anthony Fauci and those are the trend lines we watch. Indeed. So if you want to do one, just a one simple act of preventative health for yourself, try Field of Greens. It's unlike other superfoods out there because it uses real USDA organic fruits and vegetables that are loaded with antioxidants that support heart health, metabolism, blood pressure, pre and probiotics. So they support good digestion as well. It's great for the entire family. And And unlike other nutritional drinks that maybe rely on only one or a few vegetables, Field of Greens is packed with 18 clinically researched essential fruits and vegetables. It's part of my everyday regimen. If you want to try it as well, one scoop mixed in with any water-based drink, and you're going to probably right there get more fruits and vegetables in that one serving than most Americans get in a day, if not more. So check it out online right now when you go to BrickHouseSteve.com. Use the promo code Steve and get 15% at checkout. 
That's 15% off with the promo code Steve when you go to BrickHouseSteve.com. The name of the book, The Authoritarians, Their Assault on Individual Liberty, the Constitution, and Free Enterprise from the 19th Century to the Present. It is authored by Jonathan E. Mord. Uh, he is a constitutional law attorney, uh, and he joins us now here on the Steve Day Show to talk about a piece he recently wrote about Biden's vaccine mandate and the Constitution. Jonathan, my name is Steve Dace. It's a pleasure to have you with us, brother. How are you? Great to be with you, Steve. So, Jonathan, no, I want to set kind of a, a, a bar of, of, in general before we get into the specifics of this issue. Because I think in, in the last decade, we have kind of devolved. Well, we've devolved on every front uh, as, a, as a country. But the, the constitutional argument, I think we have devolved from does the general welfare clause mean I can, I, I can have a good intentioned safety net and it may or may not be constitutional or unconstitutional to I'm actually creating things and doing things now that are anti-constitutional, meaning that I might be doing things that are well-intentioned and may even be good for society as a whole. They just don't necessarily line up with the original schema of the Constitution to I am attempting to thwart it. I am actively attempting to undo the intended framework and schema of the Constitution now, and that we're seeing more and more things that are actually anti-constitutional. Your thoughts on that first and foremost? Absolutely. Well, George Washington said to us in his farewell address, let there be no change by usurpation, for though in one instance it may be an instrument of good, it is the customary weapon by which free governments are destroyed. Uh, Good intentions are not enough. Liberty is the most important thing. We had a constitution, we have a constitution that has included within it specific limitations on the exercise of federal government power. And these have routinely been eliminated over time by the administrative state and now most egregiously by Joe Biden when he's acting as a dictator rather than as a president. Then that brings up my follow-up question that takes us down the road of this specific issue. Is this... His attempt, and, and I, I mean, I think there's, first of all, the words executive order don't appear anywhere in the Constitution anyway, but both sides, uh, major political parties have been using this for, for many, many years as an as a avenue to get their will and way done. I would argue probably just because of the state of Congress, anything good that you thought Donald Trump did during his presidency, he pretty much did it this way or unilaterally within his own uh, executive power. So is this an, is this an attempt is, is this Joe Biden essentially going Palpatine? I will make it legal. I, I mean, I just, I am the Senate. That I can just do whatever yeah. I want here. Is this an intentional anti-constitutional act? Without question. I mean, we know that from, for example, his rent abatement position. He made that overt. But he has sold his soul to the socialists. And he believes in administrative power. He believes in causing his will to be forced upon us. In this case of the vaccine mandates, for example, this is a legislative power. If he respected the Constitution, he would have presented a bill to Congress, but he doesn't, so he's acting through OSHA directly against the American people. 100 million people are being directly affected by his action, and he hasn't the constitutional authority to do that. The other side is using um, a, a precedent that's well over 100 years old, uh, called Jacobson v. Massachusetts. I mean, you, you know how it works with lefty blue check marks. Uh, they're just all immediate experts on 
constitutional precedent, epidemiology, uh, voting practices, etc. And so they went back to 1905 and they found one particular precedent, Jacobson v. Massachusetts, to say that this is justification for a whole cloth federal vaccine mandate. Tell us about that case and does it provide that justification? Well, in Jacobson versus Massachusetts, uh, the smallpox epidemic was raging in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And uh, Jacobson was a person who had an adverse reaction to a vaccine and didn't want to be vaccinated. The issue was whether or not he could be forced to pay the fine that the state had imposed upon those who would not be vaccinated. The Supreme Court agreed with the state, finding that this power was vested in the police powers of the state. Now, this is very important because this is what our liberal friends omit from their analysis. The police powers are reserved by the 10th Amendment to the states. There is no general federal police power. There's no basis comparable to rely on Jacobson. To rely on Jacobson for the exercise of federal power is a mistake. Do they have any then? Any? Is there any precedent any justification and on a medical level for people that don't know, I mean, smallpox is maybe the only virus we've actually successfully eradicated through vaccination and medicate and, and, and therapy. Okay. Um, even, even, even into the 20th century before that occurred, the case fatality rate for smallpox could be as high as 30%. The current case fatality rate for COVID in America if, and that, actually, if you just take the current trend line, it's 1%. But if you go back to the very beginning, it's 1.6%. So from a, from a medical threat, there's the, just not even comparable con- conversations, right, that when you look at their lethality. But constitutionally, do they have any precedent that they could point to to justify this? Otherwise, or is that why they go to obscure acts by George Washington during the Revolutionary War? That's another one they like to cite. Yeah, there is no real basis for them to use uh, what they're arguing for, which is a broad general power through the civil authorities to require 50, well, 100 million people to be vaccinated. There just isn't that power in the Constitution. There is no power. uh, Even if there were such a power, in the first instance, it would be legislative because this is inherently a legislative act. It has a broad applicability to all Americans and it affects all Americans, whether they're under the mandate or not. It affects them through their employment and through their purchase of goods and services and so forth because of the disruptive effects this has on the marketplace. So he would have to go to Congress in the first instance, even were this a constitutional matter. He's acting through Section uh, 6C of the uh, OSHA Act, which, by the way, in the last six instances in which it has been used, It was intended to be a very rare instrument. It has been held uh, by the courts in four of those six to be an unlawful exercise of OSHA power. And this doesn't even come close to satisfying that standard, even even if it were lawful. This is not a situation where people are in a grave danger when uh, many of those who are being subjected to this couldn't present a grave danger because they work at home or they work outside or they already have natural immunity. Uh, If you've taken into effect effect all of those things, plus the other uh, federal law uh, exceptions that have to exist, for example, religious scruples under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act and under the ADA Title I, those who have uh, a, a, 
uh, immunocompromised situation or who are allergic to the vaccine simply cannot have the vaccine and cannot be compelled. So these, these, these grounds, religious and medical, uh, form a basis for further exceptions. So the point is, this thing, even if you could get it through, should, after the courts get rid of it, look like Swiss cheese. There should be so many holes through this that very few people are affected. And I suspect that employers could make it possible so that no one would be affected after all is said and done from the lawsuits. Fifth Amendment says no person shall be denied life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Does this, would this action violate that? Yes, it, it violates the equal protection principle that is incorporated into the Fifth Amendment. Uh, it's analogous to the 14th Amendment equal protection clause. And so even though the, the level of review would be rational basis review, if it is challenged under that uh, equal protection component of the Fifth Amendment by those who are naturally immune, I would suspect that a court's, court would have a very difficult time finding the support for the state's position. The reason is that the naturally immune, according to the most recent evidence from the Israeli study, are some 13 times, uh, have 13 times greater immunity than those who are vaccinated and for a far longer period of time, perhaps even a lifetime. On August 5th, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky went on CNN, Jonathan, and admitted that because of the new variant, such as Delta, that these vaccines have lost much of their ability to thwart transmission. And we have seen now uh, legions of breakthrough cases across the country. If, if indeed the vaccines are, do not provide you uh, the, the protection from somebody else transmitting this to you, and invariably, therefore, really are about your personal health, whatever extra protection they provide you from a severity standpoint, I mean, then what is the justification for on any level then at that point? What is it? Very good point. Uh, yes, the vaccine is increasingly looking more like a therapeutic than a classic vaccine. Mm -hmm. The period worked for four months, four and a half months before there's a precipitous drop in uh, its protective effect. So why not focus on therapeutics? Why not ex have the federal government expand the availability of ivermectin and, and uh, hydroxychloroquine and uh, immunoglobulin types of therapies um, so, so that you would be treating it. And that seems to me to be the ultimate solution in a very difficult area. The reason I say that is sooner or later, we are all likely to uh, experience this virus. Over the years, we will. And as it gets, as the epidemiologists and the uh, immunologists tell me, uh, next year, the year after that, it's likely to be less virile and, uh, and, and more likely to be more placid on, on, a, on a level of comparable to the flu, which is, I know, kills people still, but nonetheless, not as toxic as it is in certain categories. Or endemic okay. instead of pandemic is kind of what you're defining, right? Exactly. That's yeah. exactly. So what, what we need to do is to realize we're going we're gonna to have to have courage. We're going to have to go through this. We're going to have to protect the extremely vulnerable, that is the, the elderly. But most other people are going to suffer symptoms that are not life-threatening. The average age of uh, lethality in, 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 with this disease is in the 60s, high 60s and 70s. Most people are not dying who are in healthy young people. And so to blanket the whole nation with a mandate is just a gross over 
use of power and deprivation of individual liberty and freedom of choice. People need to consult with their doctors. They don't need to consult with Joe Biden. Final thing. Um, my, I made a prediction on Friday's show that I think the Supreme Court will punt, that whatever the final federal court, circuit court of appeals ruling that reaches them is, yay or nay, they will just let stand and not grant cert any form of appeal, whether it is to strike it down or whether it is to affirm it. Am I right or am I going to turn out to be right or wrong? What do you think? Well, a lot depends upon the specific facts of each case and how the various circuits decide those facts. It may strike the fancy of the court that it is particularly urgent to act on it, or it may not. And it really hasn't, uh, it would be very hard to predict at this stage, and perhaps it would be very hard to predict anyway. Uh, but it would be hard to predict because if we get to the Court of Appeals and we have multiple cases all going across the board from people who are immune compromised, those who are working at home, those who are uh, variously working outside, those who uh, states, for example, who are claiming that this violates the 10th Amendment reserve of powers to them when they have uh, uh, passed laws to prevent a mandate in their states, uh, there's going to be a lot. Uh, going up the, the pike. This is going to be one of the most litigated instances of American history against the federal government. This may surpre surpass the number of suits that were brought against the National Industrial Recovery Act uh, in the 1930s. Mm. So it's hard to say at this point. You may well be right, but it may also be that the court will believe it has to act. If, if you're talking about that much litigation, then uh, it, that could certainly make my prediction wrong. All right, we'll, we shall see. Name of the book, The Authoritarians, Their Assault on Individual Liberty, the Constitution, and Free Enterprise from the 19th Century to the President, Jonathan, uh, present, I should say, Jonathan E. Moore, constitutional attorney. Jonathan, thank you for joining us today here on Blaze TV. Always a pleasure, man. Appreciate it. Great to be with you. Thank you. You bet. We got about a minute here. Either one of you two have a thought on that conversation? I keep coming around to where you started on this thing. Uh, it's going to take somebody totally unexpected I think uh, get outside of our tribalism. Somebody traditionally of the left, a lot, a lot we've seen a lot of uh, comedians, uh, do, the Bill Maher types, the, who, but in the legal circle say, okay, yeah, this this is enough. Uh, this is not the Constitution I recognize. We, we need because we need to get them thinking like that on the other side of the fence. Otherwise, it is going to end up in uh, violence. Yeah, totally, totally agree. And and I, I mean, this is. This entire thing has made for some strange bedfellows. Maybe that will happen, but uh, just judging what I've seen from the Supreme Court so far, punting seems punting is winning. Like my Iowa Hawkeyes, at least in their in their estimation, and I think that's going to continue until I see anything different. He's right, though. I mean, if we've got two, three, four different court of appeals rulings in various directions. Uh, they may be compelled to step in when they maybe don't have the balls to. Otherwise, hour two is next. Back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Todd Erzin, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. 
Access that by emailing us, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, where I will lie to you at uh, hashtag Facebook approved takes. If you, whenever you see that, that hashtag, know that you are about to be lied to by me. Uh, that is the narrative that Facebook, that Facebook wants. And you know me, I just, I love to get the crowd what it wants. Uh, or you can find out what I really think on social media by following me on Twitter at Steve Day Show. And then especially if you go to the free speech alternatives, MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter. In fact, our MeWe followers, you'll be taking center stage here in just a few minutes with our Facebook, or I'm sorry, with our Money Town Hall weekly Ask Me Anything. You can also find clips of the show that uh, you can watch for free that are also censorship free at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And again, the last name, D-E-A-C-E. Those of you that listen to the podcast version, thank you. You have played a huge role in the continued explosive growth of this program. Please, if uh, you have not yet done so, leave us a five-star review. Uh, Hit the subscribe or follow button on whichever podcast platform you prefer. And thanks to the thousands of you that have done those things already. want to also give a special thanks. I got this card in the company mail the other day from an Andrew Hansen. And I'm guessing there might be more than one Andrew Hansen in this audience, but it's a very encouraging note here. I'll let you look at it during the break, Todd, if you want. I just, um, and it was even handwritten. Just don't see a lot of that these days. So by the way, that's not me begging for uh, 300 more. Okay. (laughs) I'm not, Uh, but I just wanted to say to Andrew, thank you very much for the encouraging note. And uh, uh, it was very much appreciated. So I wanted to single you out. Also want to single you out, uh, if you haven't yet tried Built Bar or if you want to try it again, because I just got notified of some huge news. So Saturday, just two brand new boxes of chocolate chip cookie dough got delivered to my house. That's a good day. Yeah, it is. And I didn't order anymore. And I'm thinking, I'm wondering, does that mean it's coming back? Because they know that's my jam, right? Sure enough, during the last break, there's the email right there, Todd. You can see it, right? I can see it. It is there. Absolutely. In all of its majesty and glory. Okay. Uh, The chocolate chip cookie dough built bar is coming back tonight at 12 a.m. Mountain Time. 12 a.m. Mountain Time, the chocolate chip cookie dough built bar returns. And I'm telling you, these things would like usher in. Middle East peace. That's how good they are. All right. It is the absolute best protein bar of all time is Built Bar. And this is, in my opinion, their absolute best flavor yet. So that ought to tell you something. This one in particular is better than a heck of a lot of candy bars that are out there. And it doesn't have the sugar, the carbs, or the calories that any of those things have. Oh, by the way, mock me all you want, but this is important nowadays. It's easy on the tummy as well. So all the flavors for Built Bar are great, but the GOAT, the Built Bar GOAT, chocolate chip cookie dough returning tonight at 12 a.m. Mountain Time. So go to Built.com, B-U-I-L-T, if you want to take advantage of that. Built.com and use my last name, Dace, as a promo code and get 15% off, and I promise you, you'll be thanking me later, okay? Because you know what I think. In my opinion, cookie dough is a food group. Okay, so built.com, B-U-I-L-T, to get the return of chocolate chip cookie dough chunk. All right. All right, let's get to it. It is our Monday Town Hall. Our folks and followers over on MeWe 
You guys this week get to ask me anything. No topic is off limits. Although I don't, there might be topics off limits. I don't pick the questions. Todd does. He might have topics off limits. I don't know. But uh, the questions get posted. I never see them in advance. Todd, you decide which ones get answered on the air. You rank them in the order of importance, I assume, or some form of an order. Yeah, depends. Okay. Or not. Yeah. Um, and then they get uh, then they get sent over to Aaron. That is done, and before sending over to Aaron, but not it's not ten to one order of importance. That's I have a method, but it's not that. Okay, all right. Whatever your method is, let us begin, Aaron. We will begin with Michael Sullivan, who says, "Now that name, image, and likeness is in play, shouldn't those who are profiting from it pay their own way and have their own or their scholarships taken away?" Why should the university pay for a professional to play any sport? Well, first and foremost, at most major schools, um, football and men's basketball, which are the two so-called revenue sports, the university is not paying for those scholarships. Just about any major school, the university, university actually gets reimbursed. The athletic departments are separately financed, and they pay for that. In fact, it's it's the... It's the scholar, It's the kids that play the sports that your daughter is about to go to college to play at the University of Arkansas. Those are the ones where the scholarships are paid for by the university. And that money also comes from often uh, being subsidized by football and men's basketball. And then there are some schools like your Iowa that has wrestling rev- generates revenue. Uh, women's basketball at a UConn or a Tennessee and when Pat Summit was there and a few other schools does. Hockey at a Michigan, baseball at several schools in the SEC or the Pac-12. Those may be isolated cases where they earn their own money. They pay their own way, particularly because in baseball, you often have partial scholarships. But by and large, football and men's basketball pays for everything everywhere else. Uh, and therefore, that is from that is money coming from a consumer or a donor or a booster in order to those specific sports. And then the university is getting reimbursed. So I think that people don't understand these guys, these universities were getting the best of both worlds here. They were not shelling out the scholarships for the only sports that actually pay for themselves and everything else. And then they didn't have to compensate the guys that were playing either. All right. So they didn't have to pay for the scholarships or for the services of the guys who were playing. That's a pretty good business model. You can keep that puppy going. So, I I just I think your question, the premise of it is flawed. Next up, Amy Staubach asks, after watching Francis Collins lie to Chris Wallace, I'm wondering how much our fighting for truth affects the outcome. He wasn't born or educated in the woke generation, and he knows he's lying. Is it just weakness or a lust for power that pushes aside his long career and professionalism? I mean, you're talking about a guy that mapped the human genome and Francis Collins has outed himself in the past as uh, a theistic evolutionist and a Christian that has talked uh, and written books about the the evidence for design he found while mapping the human genome. And let's remove Francis Collins from the equation just very specifically. We are all sinners, and even after conversion and years and years of sanctification, the flesh wants what the flesh wants. 
I heard a pastor uh, at, at an event once say this. He, he said that um, he had recently gone to the funeral of a pastor that had mentored him early in his walk. And the guy was in his 80s, and he like left behind his like own eulogy, eulogy as a sermon, as a message that he wanted given on, his, uh, on the event of his death. And in this eulogy, this pastor admits. Everything okay? Yeah. All right. Just keep an eye on it. I appreciate it. Okay. This pastor admitted in like in his dying words. Barely a day has gone by in my life since I hit puberty as a young man. That I have not struggled with lustful thoughts or acting on them. And I heard this pastor that was mentored by him. He was like, at first was like really disappointed because he's like, so, so we like don't ever arrive. We don't no, no. And, and you might, you might get delivered or mature spiritually beyond that particular thorn in your flesh, which will then just, then the Holy Spirit will just show you another one. Or the world or temptation will. I, I don't think we we have really any idea the full depths of sin and what it's done to the world and what it's done to us as a species. So I think that is true whether we're talking about somebody named Steve Dace or Francis Collins. I think I'm somebody... That I and I know because you guys have been so kind in sharing this via email so many times the last few years. I'm somebody that God has given the pleasure to to encourage and inspire at least some of you in this audience on a spiritual level. And that's like the greatest honor I could have. You still don't want to know what my thoughts are about one third to one half of the time. Like I don't want to know what they are. I'd prefer to ignore them. The flesh wants what the flesh wants. And so I think we need to be aware of that. That's foundational, fundamental to us as a species. This is why disciplining yourself. This is why bad company corrupts good character. Paul quotes from the proverb in the Old Testament when he cites that in the New This is why not giving up meeting together from a church perspective. I I don't know the answer. I'd like to know, where does Francis Collins go to church? How often has he been there? Because our flesh doesn't need much encouragement to go astray. And then if we surround ourselves with infrastructure that only encourages us to go astray. And what do I mean by go astray? The, the, the idea that we're God, we're in charge, just to put it on autopilot and act like that, that we, are a, we, are a, we are a law unto ourselves. That's what I mean. Everything that we will eventually do to disappoint people and our Savior begins from that mustard seed. We just put it on autopilot and it's about me. 
So, I mean, is it, does he have any, is he in a small group? Is he in any group? Does he have any men around him that, he, that have permission to hold him accountable, to ask him any questions that he's transparent with? Where does he go to church? What does that church teach? I mean, I, I used to ask this question about Christian political leaders that had just clearly sold out. Do, you, do they go to a church where the pastor would like feel free, like he could come up to them and say, hey, you know, I, I can't, I don't, what you do is really hard. You know, I'm not there all day long. I don't want, you know, I can't judge a man to walk a mile in his shoes, but let's go have coffee or lunch. I just want to ask you a couple questions. Just something like that, right? Right. Chances are they're a bigger star in that church than the pastor is. That's a recipe for disaster. I don't care how learned you are. I don't care how pious you are. I don't care how devoted you once were. That's why we have to die daily. Because other than that direct connection with the Holy Spirit, everything else in life is going to encourage you to pull a Fleetwood Mac here and go your own way. Everything else will. This is where the Catholic next to me says, and that's why we came up with this sacramental ritualistic system that you Protestants pan because it's meant to be constant, routine, regular reminders of what is at stake so that you don't go your own way, right? That's what your argument, your ecclesiastical argument would be, right? That's one of the really good arguments, yeah. absolutely. Now, the Protestants would respond with, that's all well and good, but then you create a system where people think they can just wrote check boxes and go through these things and just show no faithful obedience at all and still call themselves a devout mm-hmm. Catholic president, right? Idols can be made of anything. Yeah, because we're all idol-making factories. That's what we are. That's what we all are. So whether we're talking about Steve Dace or Francis Collins, the head of the National Institutes for Health, it doesn't take, it's like the Joker says in the Dark Knight, just a little nudge. It doesn't take much, particularly where the fragile male ego is concerned. Can I get a witness on that? Sure. All right. With the, southern, get the, the, the twin hemisphere thinking that is constantly vying for attention, right? Okay. It doesn't take just about a little nudge for the flesh to take over. And I would imagine a man in his position where you're constantly being deferred to and answer to nobody. I mean, I would imagine his flesh has been well fed, particularly over the last year and a half. Next question. Chad Smith asks, based on Friday's discussion, now this is a good question. If we need to focus on red states over blue states, then when do we abandon trying to use the courts? I I don't know you can wholly abandon one of the three branches of government. Uh, to me, I, I here's what I would do with the courts. When they line up with what is the clear, explicit will of the Constitution, use that to your advantage and follow it. When they don't, um, defy it and ignore it. That That's what I would do. Um... I don't I don't see how you can completely exempt yourself 
from one of the three major branches. I do agree that the social compact is dead. That's why I would not that's why I would not abandon the constitution on one hand, but I would not unilaterally enforce it upon myself either. Meaning that I will continue to abandon the, I will continue to obey the constitution when it up when it when it when it upholds its original mission when when doing so upholds its original intent which is narrowing the scope of government to broaden the level of individual freedom and liberty but when doing so requires another party on the other end of that equation to also consent in order for that action to be had i'm not going to unilaterally consent by by limiting myself while the other party just does whatever the hell they want to me and, 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 and to my way of life. I'm not doing that anymore. This is, this goes, this is, this was the argument that I was making last January about election fraud with some friends of mine. Did I ever say on this show, I thought what Trump wanted Mike Pence to do was constitutional. No, no. In fact, I told you, I didn't think it was. I don't care. I, I don't care. You know, I don't care. Because they violated the social compact of the Constitution by stealing an election in broad daylight. Do I want my policemen to go around shooting people? No. No. Do I want policemen that come upon somebody attempting to rape a woman to shoot them? Yes. Yes. Why do I want it in that case? So as a general rule, I don't want my policemen shooting people, correct? Why suddenly, though, did I just do it? Because you violated with that act of violence against someone else's person. You have violated the social compact here. So, yes, I want you to get the justice you deserve. I want you to be shot for it by that cop. If you're going to steal an election in broad daylight, I don't care what the Eighth Amendment says. The con- I was not, our way, of, the country was not made for the Constitution. The Constitution was made for the country. Man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. It is not about how meticulous we can follow the laws of the Sabbath. It's about the purpose that the Sabbath was given to us to follow. If the other side of this equation is going to just openly steal an election in broad daylight... Thus imperiling, not just, by the way, violating the social compact, but imperiling a union. Moving us closer to a civil war that it'll be my kids fighting, not me, I'm almost 50. Then no, I'm not going to limit myself to the 14th clause of the 8th Amendment. I'm going to stop you. I'm going to do whatever it takes to stop you. So, to me, I, I think we ought to just have a North Star here. Any institution or branch that upholds the clear intent of the Constitution, we use that example to our advantage, and then we follow it. And then when they don't, we don't. That's it. That's it. We're not doing stuff that the Constitution is bad, says is bad, 
because some judge from the 666th district of Babylon, you know, lifted a butt cheek and squeezed that one out. No, I'm not doing that. No, we're not doing it. I'm not unilaterally following a process that you have abandoned. We have abandonment exists in marital law, parental law. It exists in business law when you're abandoned by a partner, for example, a business partner. Just about every form of, we don't even let hardened accused criminals get abandoned. We give them a court appointing attorney, right? Yes. Abandonment exists. The notion of abandonment and exceptions being made as a result of that exists in every aspect of law. then it should exist here too. If you abandon the Constitution, we abandon you. If you uphold it, we're with you. Thank you. That's it. That's your plumb line. That's the answer. Stand with anything that stands with the Constitution, oppose anything and defy anything that does not. Period. Any thoughts on that before we move on? I'm with you here, here. The Constitution is not a suicide pact. Yes. Well said. One, uh, another one. Dennis McNally says, when does the natural attraction to the opposite sex cross the line and become lust? Boy, when you know that, come back to me when you have an answer on that. <laughs> I'm only half kidding. Um, I, I would guess, and this would be a guess. When we move from admiration to objectification. This would be the best guess I could give. When we move from admiration to objectification. In fact, let me put a finer point on that. When we move from admiration to objectification of someone we are not committed to. Ad, you guys okay with that? Yeah, I am... I don't reject any of it so far. I mean, this is a, and this is not the same application for each and every person either, even with the same definition where the line is, what does it? Aaron, what do you think? Yeah, I, I would say, I mean, objectification of, of any one of the opposite sex whether or not you're committed to them is not necessarily a good thing. If we're just, I guess we have to define objectification, but I'd say overall that's a pretty good um, definition. I would say, in in terms of lust, though, I don't necessarily think about it in isolated events. Although acting out on that, in whatever way, whatever way that you do, that's that's an that's an instance of that. Um, it's an overall posture of your heart and your mind. When I see an attractive um, person of the opposite sex, where does my mind immediately go? Now, again, that's different for everyone. And so, as Todd, I think, was saying there, I, that's, you know, that's kind of different definition for everyone. But I, I would say, overall, what is the posture of your of your heart and soul? To, to admire that person based on how... God created us, or is it something else? Is it, Do you immediately have 
you know, do, does your brain go to the red light district all of the time? That That's kind of how I think about it. You, you bring up a good question there at the top. So let me, let's try to answer that. What, what is it? What is objectification? We cross, I would argue we cross from admiration to objectification when, when we, when that admiration turns to how can I now use that which I admire as an object to satisfy my desires. And I do so without that person's consent. That would be my definition. When, when, when our admiration for the, for the physical attraction to another turns to thoughts of how I can now use your, use you as an object to satisfy my desires without your consent. We're not in any kind of a relationship or anything of that nature. How does that answer your question? I think that answers it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, so I would still contend though that objectification of any time of any, of, a, of any kind is not necessarily a good thing. Even under that definition. Okay. That's the only bone I would have to pick. I don't know. My wife would tell you if she were here as a therapist, uh, plenty of women don't mind being objectified by the men they're interested in. And actually, that's a desire that they have on that level. Uh, Actually, that's why they wear all that makeup and keep getting their hair done well into their 40s and 50s is because they want that kind of attention from a man. If she was here, I think she would say that. That's why I added that. That's why I added that at the end. I mean, I'm presuming if you're in a relationship with somebody, you haven't reduced them to strictly to nothing more than correct the object of your of your physical satisfaction, right? Correct. Okay. You look troubled, or you're thinking it through. No, I'm not troubled. I, 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 you know what I think is weird is for all the talk we've had about this issue over the years, is this the first time that we've ever been asked this question? At least I think it's the first time I've been asked it because I'm kind of struggling through it and doing my mental gymnastics with it. You know, because you know why? You kind of have that obscenity answer from Kentucky Sanford, yeah. that Supreme Court case in the 70s. I can't define it, but I know what it is when I see it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, so quantifying that is something that is a little bit more uh, difficult than just kind of knowing when you're doing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, this I think this is related to what well, we've had a tangential conversation to this is should women wear bikinis kind of thing? Mm-hmm. You know, I like and the argument is basically a version of the burqa. Like it's hottest is modest. You're objectifying yourself by definition if you wear uh, a bikini, which I just like again, I'm not I'm a father of four daughters. I'm obviously not a girl, but I like I don't. I in no way, shape, or form think you are default objectifying yourself uh, because you don't wear a blanket when you go to the beach. In fact, when we were uh, the Garden of Eden, is our, our we are created yeah, they were naked, naked in the garden and, had and no unafraid. Shame. Yeah, uh, this is we're being told a story there, in my estimation, about the glory. Uh, our cre uh, 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 our the artistry of our creator, and that doesn't mean no Christians should be going to nude beaches. That's not at all what it says. But it's there's a hierarchy of truth 
And if we order what we're talking about to God's design and the story told of us in scripture and tradition, this becomes easier, broadly speaking, in the moment is the trick, particularly for lust. I would also say my definition for admiration and objectification is much is a much stricter line you, for young males between the ages of 15 and 22 yeah. looking at either Anastasia or Zoe Dace. Can I get a witness sure. on that? Sure. Okay. Here's another way to, to, to think about this question necessarily. Be ye not drunk with wine. Well, how how... What's that line? What, right. Yeah. If you right. have one drink. That's a great analogy. It's, if you have yes, one that's drink. That, that's, a, that's a very good analogy. Perfect. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. That's a good, that's a good place to end it. All right. We'll come back. More of your questions. I cannot believe I have not gotten any vaccine questions yet. Please tell me some are coming. I think so. All right. It, I, in fact, move them to the front of the line. Okay. All right. When we come back here for part two. Next. You know, in the chaos of 2021, every law-abiding citizen must know how to defend your constitutional rights before, during, and after a self-defense incident were to occur. That's why you want to check out Patriot Academy's constitutional defense course. It is hosted by Frontside Firearms Training Institute just outside of Las Vegas there in Nevada. They offer a unique combination of intellectual and physical training that you won't find anywhere else during the day. They'll teach you the right way to handle a firearm, both safely but effectively. And then at night, they'll help you to understand intellectually how the Constitution works and how to defend your God-given rights. They have a passion for American exceptionalism and as well as marksmanship and safety awareness. Also, this training is for the whole family. So if you want to bring everybody out there, you're welcome to. And you can register for their next course now that fall is just about here and cooler weather is almost out there in Nevada. Register for the next course right now. Today, get 90% off the training. You'll still have to handle your logistics separately. But the training itself, you get a 90% discount if you go to constitutioncoach.com. Again, 90% off the training if you go to constitutioncoach.com. Let's continue on with our Monday Town Hall. Our friends over at MeWe, you get to ask me anything this week. Aaron. We'll go to Don Smith, who asks, instead of DeSantis and the red states mandating any school or business to do anything, shouldn't they be true free states and let the schools and businesses decide what they want in their local community? If the parents don't agree with what the school district wants, they should be the ones fighting. If people don't want to be vaccinated or wear a mask, don't go to the business that mandates them. The government should not be telling anyone what to do. Do you want uh, the government to tell rapists not to rape? That was easy. Yeah. Next. Next that, up, that was your best vaccine question. There weren't a no, lot. Of, yeah, there, on me, we like I the think they're one. like they're so with us. They're just like past it. Okay, but but the idea that, yeah. that that's the, the 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 purpose of government is to punish evildoers, to bring the sword of righteousness against evildoers. In order for government government to punish evil, what then must it also first acknowledge? Good, but would we know what is evil if we don't know what is good? Right. Yeah. Okay. And the idea that a business just can do whatever they want because they're a private business, I don't mean, I don't know. Can they make you smoke pot if it's illegal in your community? Well, you got to be high to come in here. Can they do that? So no. Nope, 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 nope. 
I, I want government to absolutely tell rapists what to do, tell illegal, illegal aliens what to do to get the hell out of the country. Yeah, I, yeah. By the way, as someone who flew over a, a substantive amount of water to go and do a mission trip to Haiti, I mean, those Haitians, those thousands that are parked out at the Texas border right now, I think they've missed their true calling here, man. Olympic swimmers. I mean, I was just really, it, 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 it truly amazed balls swimming feet for them to make it from Haiti to Texas. I, I don't, I'm kind of shocked, you know, I, my understanding is you have to go through Cuban waters in order to get to that location. I, I don't know how they missed that as well. I mean, I'm just really an, an impressive, an impressive athletic feat. We'll go to John Cook next. I live in deep blue in a deep blue county in blue Washington state. Our county is about 70 to 30 Democrat. I have run for county commissioner and and I'm currently running for school board. Like the 2016 presidential election and President Trump, I brought up many issues that would have not have even been touched with the regular run of the mill candidates. From your statement last week, you don't think people should support candidates that bring issues to the surface? No, I think you should get the hell out of that area. I bring issues to the surface. I've got listeners and viewers in 70, 30, 80, 20, 90, 10 county cities all over the country. And they remain 70, 30, 80, 20, 90, 10. I, I don't just admit you like living there for whatever reason. And just, and, and just admit that. Okay, cool. But but let's not, you know, let's not whip it out, start urinating on each other and pretend that it's raining here, okay? Your place is gone on a civic level. You're you're frankly better off going door to door asking people, if you died today, do you know, you know, would you die in your sin? You're better off doing that level of evangelism. Because you'll get the exact same level of of, conf- of of probably reaction, but in that case, it would be you know things something that might be eternally significant. You know it it's it's hard to kick against the goads, uh, and that's what you're doing. And and we don't have. And hey, I I could be wrong about that, okay, but I don't I don't think we have twenty or thirty years of terraforming to do here. Our current debates are. And, and just, let, you know what, let's check that for a second. Make sure I'm not overreacting. Fair? Okay. Okay. We are currently debating, am I allowed to breathe free air? What's a boy and a girl? And um, do I have to inject myself with an experimental substance that is losing efficacy in real time? And most of that efficacy it's losing is in actually stopping person-to-person transmission of the very virus it's trying to fight. Right? Those are the those are some just some of the current debates. Yes. On top of the old ones, like what's a baby, what's a border, what's a criminal. So I ask again, am I nuts for considering that we don't this ain't a we ain't got time for a twenty to thirty year terraforming project? Is that a is that a crazy? calculation on my part it is not how about do we have a 20 30 month time frame in some of these places i'm not sure we have that long i don't either so then if you just like living there or you know you've got a situation you know like i have in my own family all right so the va in iowa for whatever reason is really good in some other states including states that are more traditional red states not as good amy's an only child 
Her parents, after they retired, moved here. Her dad is disabled with Parkinson's and PTSD. Even if things, even if we had a different governor and things went rotten or wretched here, I still might not be in a position that I could uproot my family and go somewhere else given Bob's predicament, right? Yeah. So just admit that's what's going on. You either like living there or for whatever reason, you absolutely can't leave. But bringing stuff to the surface, all right, you, so you, you did a blog. You, I, I bring stuff to the surface where people are winnable. Move where the food is. Sell where they buy. I mean, you ever gone to a place like Tijuana? Why do they all walk up to you trying to get you to buy something? Because they think that's why you're there. And you've got the money to do it. The idea that you've got some long-term, we don't. I mean, our state has been as open as any state in the country has been for the last year plus. I think we were one of only two or three that never declared any form of of a shutdown or stay at home. I've got school districts in my own backyard that want to muzzle kids and are anxious and excited to do it. Here! And you want to argue with me about some 70-30 area? If that's the only place you can feed your family, if you're taking care of elderly people that can't be displaced, if you just like living there, cool. But frankly, your civic engagement's a waste of time. You're better off moving, if you can, to a place where the ground's more fertile or just doing like actual evangelism because that's really the first step. That's the first step of your civic engagement. What's a, Ask those people, what's a truth? What's a truth? Where would I get the authority to just deny objective truth and live the way I want and force it on others? Is that what the Bible teaches? No. No. Why do people think they can do that? Because they're ignorant of the Bible. So if you're just like earthbound in, the, in, in these kinds of places, I'd be doing like evangelistic stuff, not like, you know, political. You're, you, see, if the, see if she'll go out to dinner with you first alone before you start, you know, sizing up engagement rings. See if she can, see if she can stomach a kiss on the cheek. You know, before you round second and head to third. All you just told me is you did a lot of effort for nothing. I don't know, man. Time's the one thing they're not making more of. You got a bunch of extra time just sitting around? I do Anxious to waste? I do not. Does anybody? Then unless you're earthbound to that community, or you've got somebody in your family who cannot be displaced for whatever reason, you're wasting your time there. Anybody want to counter that? Is that too cold of an answer? No. No, I wish it was, but it's not. And we have the ability to, and we didn't think, 
really. We didn't think our governor was going to be who our governor turned out to be. So our cup was over on that front. But yeah, I, if this is in in California, we brought this up a couple of weeks ago. Somebody in California of note said, you know, it's there's parts of California that are are just fine, and and we live very locally. Th- that may be true. I mean, it may be true really out in the hinterland. Um, but I don't think those are seventy thirty areas, and out there, those like you're not, you're not the seventy percent right now. Here's the simple truth: the seventy percent right now in those places is not content to let you be a happy go your own that's way. That's exactly 30%. right. So here's the real question: Do you have a sheriff and local law enforcement apparatus that if Governor Newsom sent the tanks in, would stand up to them? No, then you don't have your private little Idaho hamlet. Because that's really the question you have to ask yourselves: Would our law enforcement people impose and inflict us, inflict this, inflict this upon us, or get out of the way and let the state do it? Unless that's you think what that, you're, yeah. that's what it really that's what it really takes to live in your own personal Petra, surrounded by Assyrians. That's what it really takes. Yeah. Unless you think that's crazy talk. Australia's right over yes. there. Yes, yes, that's what it really takes. Yes. Uh, next one is from Elliot Evans. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Big 12 expansion? Did it save the league or does it just delay an eventual breakup? It saved the league because there's what's, there's two things that saved the league. This and then how bad Kansas football is. If Kansas football was at least competent with its academic standing, with the amount of revenue Kansas athletics generates every year, and then it's basketball program, which is while which while that's not a major factor in conference realignment, having an annual chance to claim a, a, sli- a sizable portion of that billion dollars from CBS ain't chump change though either, right? The problem is Kansas football is primordial lose, and so anything that you would do to bring them in to take advantage of those other factors, the football it's it, it's you know it's a terrible analogy, but it applies. It's why the case fatality rate in America for COVID right now is irrelevant, even though it continues to drop. Because the sheer volume of cases and deaths that we have this time compared to last time, so the CFR is dropping, but the volume is so high it doesn't matter. Similarly, Kansas Kansas Athletics checks every box you would want, but the one box you wanted to check the most is so bad, it doesn't matter. It cancels out all the other boxes. And so... There was, no, there was no partner for Kansas. You can't bring Kansas in by themselves. You have to bring them in with somebody else. There was nobody else to bring in with them. So Kansas football being that bad, if Kansas football was even competent, Vanderbilt, bad but competent, it, the Big Ten would have called in five seconds and then would have been willing to bring somebody else in if that's what it took to bring Kansas in. But they weren't. And so that left the league alone to go cut its own deal. And I do believe that it saved the league. And I think what will be very ironic about this is in the next five or 10 years, when you see Iowa State, Kansas State, Baylor, Oklahoma State in the college football playoff more than you see Texas. And maybe even Oklahoma, given the league they're going into. Next up, we'll go to Stephen Brody, who has a list. Stephen says, what do you think of this list? The greatest 60s-era guitar tunes, Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. I'll buy that. number one. I'll buy that. Heartbreaker, Living, Loving, Made. I'll buy that. 
Because no. it's just the 60s, so we're only talking one yeah. Led Zeppelin album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Number three, Sunshine of Your Love. That's a classic. I'll buy that, yeah. Number three, Purple Haze. Have, he has two number threes. Oh, whoops, yeah. I'd probably have Purple Haze, maybe even number so one, that's but be number I'm, four. I'm, I'm fine with it there. Okay. Number five, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. I mean, I, that's a banger, absolutely. Number Bye. six, Over Under Sideways Down. Don't know that one. Yeah, I don't know that one that well. Sorry. Number seven, Black Magic Woman. Yeah. Number okay. eight, Pinball Wizard. Well, you guys know what I think of that song because you know that's one of my favorite all-time bands, so I'm in on that, yeah. Uh, number nine, You Really Got Me, The Kinks. I'm okay with it, yeah. Number 10, Cinnamon Girl, Neil Young. Okay. Good it's not, list. It's not, it's not a terrible list, yeah. I mean, I would have had a Door song on there for sure, uh, but it's not a from that era, but it's not a terrible list. No. I might have had Revolution on there. I might have had another Beatles song. I might have had Revolution on there as well. Before I get Todd's take on that list, uh, let me tell you about realestateagentsitrust.com. Aaron, you were telling me before the show, we've been warning about some 2008 vibes out there. You were telling me the Chinese home values are plummeting as we speak, right? Well, the the, the market is is tanking over there, especially one company. Yeah. And our Fed has just announced like a record amount of, of, of repo yep. uh, buys. Repo. Yeah. yeah, repo debt. <laughs> Hey, make sure you get in now. You never know what the next few months is going to look like with the folks we got in charge right now. So if you want to get into the real estate market during these unprecedented times, Bing. make sure you do with a real estate agent you can trust. Where would you find them? Well, the name kind of says it all. Head to this website, folks, realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a website started by Glenn Beck and some of his associates who were tired of real estate agents who talked a good game, but then did not deliver when they were needed. So they found out, hey, you know what? There's actually good, trustworthy agents in this audience. Let's start connecting them with other people in this audience and create like a network here. And this thing ended up growing from just an organic word of mouth to an actually successful business. So check it out just about anywhere you want to move to or from. We can probably help you at realestateagentsitrust.com. I'm way more interested in your speed round answer to this. Do you think that demons can read a person's thoughts? This is from Ken Plumley. <laughs> yeah, was... Everything I have read says no, yet I am uncertain. I know they can certainly put thoughts in by whispering in our ears. Uh, I don't believe they can read our thoughts, but I certainly believe they can uh, They can read human nature because they're frankly a lot more honest about it than we humans are. So if we just shut our mouths, we'd be a lot safer? Uh, you know, uh, I, let's just say we're... At the at the cosmic poker table, with them, we're the mark. Let's just say that. John three seventeen. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.